welcome to intentional and creative affluence the podcast with your host shailaja vishwanath if you are a creator or if you're just an individual who wants to learn more about the concept of intentional and creative affluence with your time you're in the right place Welcome back to Intentional and Creative Affluence, everyone. And I'm so glad that today, for the first time ever, I'm going to be doing my first case study of a very, very dear friend and a dear client of mine. Uh, we will go more into detail in that, but first a short introduction to who she is and what she does. My guests today, guest today is Ranjita Jayurkar. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She runs Connext Coaching and Facilitation. She is a certified trainer with the Center for Nonviolent Communication USA. She facilitates workshops, listening spaces, and one-on-one work in empathy, conflict resolution, and self-compassion. She has been in this business for close to five years now, although it was only since 2021 January that she has decided to step into it full-time. So Ranjita, a very warm welcome to the session today. Uh, please uh, tell us a little bit more about why you chose this particular line of work. Yeah, so thanks so much, Shailja, for having me. It's a pleasure to be speaking to you. Um, when you talk about this line of work, I wasn't originally intending to have this as my work. So I began my career in journalism and the media industry. So I worked in uh, journalism and entertainment for a little while. And then I discovered nonviolent communication, which is the framework upon which all of my work is based. And as I started integrating the practice, and there was one particular point in my uh, career where I was having some trouble at of at the workplace. And I was able to see how much my practice of NBC and the community that I'd built around myself with NBC was supporting me to actually deal with it, get through it without flipping out, without kind of losing it or giving in. So um, when this happened and around that time, I had a little bit of a pause and I was asking myself, what is it that I really want to do next? Do I want to actually continue in this space or do I want to do something different? And it's almost like the answer was just there that, you know, I see something that's added so much value to my life and I'd love to share it with other people. So that's gradually, and I was doing this along with another part-time job that I was doing, you know, um, it was almost like a bit of a hobby and a bit of a business for a few years. And now this year, I finally decided that, you know what, maybe this is the time that I want to step up and say, I'm going to do this full time. I'm going to give it a shot and see how it goes. That's amazing. And that's wonderful, isn't it? That when you find your calling in the most unexpected of ways, I remember uh, we met for the first mm-hmm. time in February of 2017. And that was when you were working at the White Swan Foundation for Mental Health. And I remember it was, you know, when you did your interview with me and, you know, we did it together, that was when we had this connection, I remember. And that was kind of the starting point of uh, us being in touch with each other. So how much has that work, your work in that particular foundation and that organization impacted your current role as a communicator in the NBC space? Yeah. So it's interesting you asked that. One of the reasons why I wanted to, you know, I joined White Swan Foundation pretty much around the same time that um, I was also considering doing NBC a bit more seriously in the sense of 
training, offering trainings and facilitating workshops and things like that. And it was interesting. The reason I, I, I said yes to this opportunity was because it seemed to be aligned to what NVC is for me, which is about really having um, more compassion, more empathy for people around us. That is the baseline idea that um, unifies both of, this, both of the work that I was doing at that time. And uh, being at, uh, you know, with my NVC practice, I'd had some training, I'd had a little bit of practice in what does it really mean to be empathetic, to listen to someone non-judgmentally when they're sharing something with you? And what does it really mean to be fully present to someone when, you know, when you're in a conversation with them? And at White Swan, what really added to my, uh, you know, I'm so grateful to have had that opportunity to work at White Swan because it's added so much to my awareness of, who we are, why we react or respond in certain ways to what happens to us, and really a more, uh, a better understanding of, you know, sometimes we just think, okay, that's just someone being lazy, or that's just someone being rude. So it's really helped me to look deeper and understand what might be going on with this person when they when they're saying what they're saying, or when they're doing what they're doing. So in a sense, my work at White Swan and my NVC work sort of complement each other. And I think I have a better understanding of um, of human behavior because of my work there. And that's incredible, right? Especially when you find work that complements the work that you intend to do for the long term. I think that's one of the best kind of synergies possible. So in your opinion, what is it that your audience relates to the best when it comes to you and your content? And I know that you've just started as far as this business is concerned, but as far as your experience with connecting with your audience is concerned, what do you think they relate with the best? Yeah. So I've noticed that in the past few months of getting more regular with my social media, there are some themes that seem to do better than some others. One is, of course, this, I've come to this understanding that, you know, all of us want to be compassionate, all of us want to be empathetic, and we feel very stuck in sometimes. So content around how do you navigate those stuck situations really seems to be doing well, because even as somebody who's been practicing NVC for close to a decade now, uh, I don't say I'm perfect. I don't say I'm 100%, you know, all the time I'm Zen or something like that. It's just that, you know, in some moments, what happens exceeds my capacity for what I can hold. So any content around that, when I put that out in terms of, um, A, people like hearing that this is, uh, uh, you know, this is perhaps natural, that perhaps this is something a lot of us go through. So there's some sort of reassurance in knowing that they're not alone in this experience. And how do you navigate that? That's one thing I've, I've seen. The other thing I've noticed is, you know, um, especially on social media, there's a lot of ideas around empathy and self-care. And I like to think that what I do, part of what I do is break, down, break this down to say, what does that actually look like in your life? What actionable steps can you take to make that happen? And that's something people enjoy also, because otherwise it's something like a bit of a, an abstract idea. I mean, empathy sounds nice. How do I bring more of it into my life? I mean, I want to be self-compassionate. How do I start working towards that? So these are two things that I've noticed that people respond more to than others. So one of the things you mentioned when we were talking about this uh, particular interaction and this interview was the fact that you had to learn to get past imposter syndrome. Now that, mm -hmm. that is something that strikes a lot of us, especially in the creative space. So what do you think has specifically helped you with overcoming this hurdle, even if not consistently, at least whenever you think it strikes you? 
Yeah. So um, I think it still strikes me every so often. Every so often, I'll kind of look at my feed or I'll think about something I'm doing and I say, wow, what is my qualification to say something about this? You know, um, why should someone listen to me when my own life is so messed up? And obviously, in those moments, small mess ups I do look really big because I'm judging myself. So a couple of things that really helped me. One is um, I've, I've done quite a bit of work thanks to my NBC training. I've done quite a bit of work in understanding shame and how it shows up. Mm. And here's the thing that I've learned. So there's been two people who've been um, very, very, um, you know, really helped me look at shame very differently. One is an NBC trainer called Lee Larson, who's, who does a lot of work around anger, guilt, and shame, emotions that we're often told not to experience or that we sometimes resist because they're so uncomfortable. Uh, the other is a colleague of mine called Emma Collins, who facilitated a workshop last year around the work of Brené Brown. So both of these workshops really helped me look at shame very differently. And I think for me, the first step to... Um, managing, I'd, I'd actually say managing my imposter syndrome was to acknowledge that I felt some shame around um, who I am, because I'm constantly comparing myself to other people. And I'm saying, look at that person, they're fantastic, they know so much, how does what I have to offer really measure up? Um, or uh, even something like, look, I made a mess up now, I can't, it's not an integrity for me to be saying these things on a public platform, because I'm not able to implement it. And I noticed that when I do that, a lot of it is like I'm holding myself up to 100% perfection. And this is something Brené Brown talks about a lot, you know, perfection being the, um, uh, it's almost the opposite of vulnerability, right? Or it's an obstacle to vulnerability. So I guess for me, the first step was really to let go and to acknowledge that sometimes I'll mess up. And we all mess up as human beings. There's nothing special about me that makes me the one person who's never going to mess up. Um, the second is also about, I've been, uh, you know, sort of coming across a lot of content that includes yours, George Cow's, um, and a whole bunch of other content, which talks about really starting where we are. Mm -hmm. So often, you know, I used to have this ideal that, you know, I'm going to get to X place, and then I'll be equipped to teach something. I'm going to get to X place, and then, then I'll be equipped to actually post something on that topic on Instagram. And it doesn't need to be that. I mean, a part of part of being human, part of being vulnerable is knowing that there are moments when I um, when I'm able to, you know, live up to a certain ideal that I hold. And sometimes I'm not able to. So I'd say it's a combination of these. And also, I think the other thing that really uh, helped me is to, you know, having seen what you've been doing on social media, the authenticity and the vulnerability that you've been bringing it. I have no qualms now about putting it out that, you know what, I struggle with this too sometimes. And I find that honesty, uh, at least to myself, reads so much better than me saying, okay, do this, this, this. Or, you know, the next time you find yourself stuck about something, the next time you notice you're judging yourself, do one, two, three, four, five. And then it's actually quite liberating to say, you know what, I judge myself too sometimes. There are moments when I do that. And here's what I do when I do it. And that I find people do respond to that because um, that sort of puts us on the same, um, what do you say, on the same ground, so to say, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm showing up for what works for me and what doesn't. So it's been a combination of different things that has helped me deal with imposter syndrome. 
I'm so glad that you mentioned Brene Brown because that segues so beautifully into my next question. One of my favorite pieces uh, that I've read by her is on the idea of vulnerability. Mm. Of course, the one about shame is the more popular TED talk and you know it's gone viral and things like that. But her post about how vulnerability is such an integral part of being an entrepreneur is something that resonates very highly with me. Would you say that's the same for you? And if so, what do you think vulnerability does for people like us who are in the creative space or in the entrepreneurial space in the business space? How do you think it impacts yeah. our showing up? Yeah, I'm uh, going to connect this back to what I said earlier about going for perfection versus being vulnerable. And I noticed that when I want to be perfect, uh, I experience often the sense of being hemmed in or blocked because there's already this preconceived idea, idea that what I put out has to be has to meet a certain standard, whether it's set by me or set by or I'm comparing myself with someone else. So being vulnerable for me means that acknowledging that I have my flaws, it means acknowledging that I make mistakes, it means acknowledging that sometimes I'll be able to do some things and at other times I won't have the capacity to do it. And it also encourages me to sort of take calculated risks. Because when I'm aiming for perfection, I don't want to take a risk because it's so, you know, I'm going to fail. That's the first thought that comes for me when I'm aiming for perfection, right? So when I'm not aiming for perfection, when I'm going in and uh, I like to see it as exploring something and being open to what emerges at the end of that, you know, let's see what comes out. Let me just have fun doing something. That for me is vulnerability. And it really helps me to get more creative with the work I'm doing without, without uh, this obstacle of, what will people say? Uh, you know, of course, all of those filters can come in as a review mechanism later, but I don't want that to block my initial create, creating of whatever it is that I'm creating, right? So that's one. And the other thing I also notice, and this is, I think both of us work in similar spaces where we, uh, where a lot of what we do is based on connection with the people who we work with. And vulnerability really allows people to reach out to me to sort of see that I'm like them. I'm not this expert who has it all, who's got it all together, who knows everything. I'm someone like you and let's walk this path together. You know, let's explore this together. So in that sense, I find vulnerability really allows me to go into more spaces than I would otherwise if I were hooked to the idea of perfection. I think that's beautiful. The fact that just showing up, being ourselves, flaws and everything and letting our audience connect with exactly who we are is probably the best way to grow organically in the online space or in any space for that matter. Mm -hmm. So Ranjita, you're a student of my intentional Instagram course. So I would like to ask you a little bit about that. Uh, what is, how was it that you were approaching Instagram before taking my course and what are the, some of the changes you have found after taking the course? Okay, so I started doing the intentional Instagram course a couple of months ago. And I say I started doing because what I've done, of course, is I've gone through the whole course, but I do intend to uh, come. There's so much packed in there that I intend to revisit it in bits and pieces every time to look at what I've been doing and how it's working. Um, one of the things about, you know, I had a lot of ideas about what content on Instagram should look like before I started doing your course. And of course, it's based on a lot of people who put out stuff there in my niche. Um, and for me, it became a little bit of a, I see a lot of people selling products 
and that didn't sit very well for me because I didn't want my channel, my handle to be only about selling. I did want to share what I know with people. And there was also, you know, this idea of um, what do I have to say that can offer value to the other person? So I was really stuck around that because I believe that, look, there's so many people talking about NBC on social media anyway. There's nothing I can say that will add something different or that will add value and that will make people want to follow me. Doing your course actually helped me, uh, helped me to sort of look at my content quite differently because, and I think this is part of, also part of following you for a while and doing your course. This idea that not everything I put out has to be original because what is original anyway? Uh, you know, slowly coming around to seeing that most of what we, most of the ideas we have are either um, exist already or that we're building on something someone else has done. So not holding myself to, I need to have something like groundbreaking or original before it's worthy of being put out on Instagram. So what I noticed was before I started doing your course, I was putting out stuff, but there wasn't so much warmth. There wasn't vulnerability in it and there wasn't uh, and I didn't have people connecting with what I was putting out so of course there would be likes but I never heard back beyond there would be a few likes but I didn't hear back from people beyond that what I've noticed once I've started doing it is I've taken a different approach to content um, I'm able to let go of this idea of this is what Instagram should look like and it's more driven by what is it that I'd like to share with my audience what is it I've heard from my audience that they might benefit from? So these are the kind of things that I'm putting out now. So it's an inside out approach rather than an outside in approach. And I'm noticing, and I've, and this is, uh, you know, I've received feedback from a few of my, from a few people who've been watching my work from before who say that I feel there's so much warmth in what you're putting out. You know, this, I feel more connected to what you're sharing. And, and so that means people sometimes send me DMs or they say, hey, I've been looking at what you've been doing. Thanks for doing this. A whole bunch of feedback that's coming my way. And that just didn't exist before. So this is really, for me, the, the big difference that your course has made. Wow, that's, that's so amazing to hear because I think I'm going to pull out a couple of things from what you just said. One is you said there's so much more warmth in your content and the fact that people are actually connecting with you even if it's a handful of people but people are saying thank you for putting this work out there thank you for saying what you're saying and thank you for sharing your message because i think ultimately when we use social media with that kind of intention with the idea of connecting with people because we want to serve them you know not just sell to them and and i understand that as business owners a lot of people have the sense of conflict Right. So in terms of selling and in terms of serving. So would you say that you've been able to kind of strike a balance because you are, after all, a business owner, which means you have to think about your bottom line. So would you say you're able to find a comfortable balance between serving and selling now? Mm, yes. And for me, again, this comes back to, uh, you know, this idea of being totally transparent and totally clear, like. So when I'm sharing some information, when I'm sharing something, when I'm sharing actionable tips, inspiration, whatever it is, I put it out there. When I'm selling, I'm also making it super clear that I'm selling something. So this really is for me about 
being transparent to the other person about my intention of putting something in. So none of that, you know, I'm going to write a long post and then at the end of it, I'm going to say, but if you want the answer to that, come to my workshop. And somehow that doesn't sit well with me. I like to be upfront, honest and clear about what I'm doing. So I found that this is the way that I'll be, um, you know, striking that balance going ahead also. That's that's fantastic. And I'm, I'm so hopeful and I'm very, very you know, hopeful that you will find that growth as you continue on this uh, journey of yours. So if you were to want to tell people about some something specific that you benefited from in working with me or working through the course, what would you say it is? What tools or exercises or ideas yeah. or practices? Um, um, I have a whole bunch of things and I'll try to see if I can remember them all. Uh, the first is I absolutely love the clarity and the simplicity of how your course is set up, which means that even if it's somebody who is, I of course had a running Instagram account and even if somebody doesn't have an Instagram account yet, if they're starting from scratch, there's instructions for them on how to begin. What do you want to put in your bio? What do you want to put as your, you know, even this suggestion of moving to smart bio was something I used from you, uh, from your course, because it, it's really helping me track where the clicks are coming from. Um, that's one. The other is I like that it's laid out in, uh, you know, it's almost chapter by chapter and it's all bite sized. So it's not overwhelming in the sense that I can dip into this course when I have, say, about 10 minutes of time. I can dip into this, take, take what I can, take a couple of bites, one module, one small module, and see how I can implement it. And uh, the other thing that I really appreciated is that you know, you've shared with us the course as a document on, as a no edit doc on Google Docs, which means that when I have questions, I was actually putting them on as a comment and I would receive responses from you, either in terms of, um, either in terms of answering the question, replying to my comment right away or saying, you know what, we're going to answer it in the calls. So the calls for me have also been clarifying because I haven't been able to attend all of them, but I do have the recordings and I've been able to see them. So that's for me been a place where, okay, this is a one way communication in a sense when I'm receiving a self-paced course like this. And this is where I can actually say, hey, have I got this right? What should I do with this? Um, one other thing that I'll say has also made a difference is help me to look at what are the different kind of posts that I could be making to vary up what my audience is receiving. And that's helped. I think I don't, I don't think I'd made a carousel post before I started doing your uh, course. And my carousel posts have been doing pretty well for somebody who's got a small following. So yeah, so just those very actionable, it does have many, many actionable, um, uh, actionable tips that can start making a difference if, uh, you know, when someone starts using it. This is why I'd recommend the course to anyone who's interested. Thank you so much. That's very, that's very encouraging to hear. Uh, so as a completely new business owner, as you know, somebody who's relatively new to the field of entrepreneurship, what would you say would be three top things that you would want to tell other business owners who may be thinking about launching their own business or who are struggling? They have started, but they're unable to move forward for whatever reason. What would you say would be three tips from your own experience as a newbie in the entrepreneurial space? Um. So three tips. The first is, I'd say, um, I'd say that only you can decide when you're ready. 
So in the sense that a lot of us have, you know, there are some ideas out there about, yeah, just quit everything and start entrepreneurship and it will work or whatever. But it's really has to, for me, you know what your situation is, you know what your circumstances are. So take a call based on that. So um, don't, uh, don't go by somebody else saying, no, you have to have a job and then do this as a side hustle or somebody else who says, you know, quit everything and start right away. That's the only way you'll get success. Uh, I'd say whatever the time it is that you have, make sure that you're using it impactfully. Yeah, um, that's one. The second is, I'd say, you know, when it comes to expertise and qualifications, and we talked about imposter syndrome, right? Uh, there's, I hear from a lot of people, friends, and other people who are in similar spaces that I'm waiting for something to happen and then I'll start. So when it comes to expertise, I'd say start where you are, start small if you want to. And just kind of, um, instead of going all out there right in the beginning, perhaps you could start taking small steps. Uh, go out of your comfort zone little by little until you're able to, uh, until you're not freaking out essentially about what you're doing. So um, yeah, and the third is really be, uh, it's, it's for me, for me, this has been about, Entrepreneurship means that outside of my subject expertise, there's a whole bunch of things that I need to be doing that. So for example, accounts, admin, these are things that I don't do. So my suggestion would be automate what you can, especially the things that you find quite painful and that take a lot of your time because that'll free up your work to be more creative in whatever space you're in. And uh, find ways of managing your time for the rest. So, you um, for example, don't leave your taxes until absolutely the very end of the year because that's going to be more stressful than not. Thank you so much, Ranjita. I'll of course have all your links, your social media links, as well as your website links in the comments. My last question to you would be, what do you have to say to our audience before we sign off? Anything at all off the top of your head, anything that you mm -hmm. have to offer, anything that you, the, something about the work you do or just about anything that you want to share? Yeah, it, uh, nothing specific comes to mind, but if you want to reach out to me, please do. If you're wanting to know more about anything that I've shared in this podcast, in this interview, I'm happy to answer that for you. Uh, or if you want to explore something specific and you would like some support, get in touch with me. You'll have my contact details below. Thank you again, Ranjita. It has been an honor to have you on the session today. And I really wish you all the best with your, with your business and your growth. Thanks so much for inviting me, Shailaja. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Intentional and Creative Affluence. If you'd like to read the written version of this particular episode, please find the link to that in the show notes below. If you're enjoying the podcast, let me know by sending me a voice note. 